So this is Daniel Kane at the Jacob School of Engineering at UC San Diego, and I'm here with Peter Wang, who's a bioengineering professor here also at the Jacob School here at UC San Diego. And we're going to talk about a PNAS paper that came out in January. And um, But so, Peter, first, why don't you just give me the sort of 30-second elevator pitch of what's the big picture thing that, that your team worked on on this PNAS paper? Right. So right now, there is a big trend that you know, people can now have the cancer patient and collect blood from this patient and genetically modify them. And they can put back this modified T cell into the patient to look for the tumor and attack the tumor. But there's right now the problem that these T cell, when they put back in the patient, they will go everywhere. Some of them, or maybe a lot of them, go to the tumor site but some of them will also stay in some normal tissue or organ because this normal tissue organ also express some minor antigen. Okay, let me just actually, <clears throat> let's back up for a sec. This is, this is great. So, so we're talking about, this is immunotherapy for cancer, right? Correct. That, okay, yes. and so we're talking about the idea being, right now there's already a couple of very cutting edge techniques where people, you can if you have a cancer that for whatever reason can't be treated for other things, mm -hmm. especially blood cancers, right? Is that one of them? Right, that's that, correct. That you go to the hospital and they will take out some of your immune cells and mm -hmm. they'll actually reprogram some of them, correct. put them back into your body, and then those will then go and attack the the, the cancer. Tumor, right? yes. Okay, correct. and so that is a very cutting edge thing that exists. Right, just and, recently it happened. And so you all are working on a way to improve this, right? Because yes. one of the problems you were saying is, specificity right Correct. so existing techniques you put these engineered cells back in mm -hmm. and they'll start working throughout the whole body right whereas you're looking at a solution where only when those reprogrammed cells are activated that they will start fighting the cancer correct so what we are thinking is because those general approach or these you know car t or cancer immunotherapy approach some of these you know off the site T-cell engineered will attack normal organ tissue to cause a problem for the you know uh, patient. We try to create a T-cell which can listen to all external command or signals. That's what we are trying to do. We want to engineer them so that when we put it back, we can use external like ultrasound to only activate this engineered T-cell around the tumor site precisely. Okay, so in this approach, the idea would be to beam in some ultrasound, which is people use it for imaging all the time. It's a mm -hmm. well-known safe technology, mm -hmm. right? And so yes. you ultrasound, that signal goes in just in a very specific part of the body, say Correct. at the tumor site. Yes. And those are the only engineered immune cells that would get activated. Correct. And once they get activated, they would start fighting the cancer. Yes. And the beauty of ultrasound is one is safe, right? Mm -hmm. Another is they can penetrate really deep, like 10 centimeter, you know, no problem. 10 centimeters. So yeah. the sound, so if there's a tumor eventually, right now we're only working in cell culture. So right, we don't want to over, overextend this. But down the road, if things worked out, so some a solid tumor that was deep within someone's body, mm -hmm. the idea is yeah. you'd be able to access that site via ultrasound. Correct. So that will be, you know, much better than right now there is. Another approach, you can use light to activate cells, but light have this limitation or the penetration. They can only reach like a micrometer, so maximum maybe millimeters, right? So ultrasound will have a huge advantage over this light controllable gene activation. Interesting. So your lab here at uh, in the bioengineering department, I know you're involved in a lot of pieces of this project, but can you sort of hone in on what is 
the key thing that, that your lab worked on that ended up in this PNAS publication? Right. So I think our advantage is we know like both sides. One is mechanical way we understand the ultrasound feature and the physical basis behind the ultrasound. You know, we can use ultrasound to mechanically stimulate the cell. On the other hand, we also are relatively familiar with the immune system and how to control activate immune cells. So we combine them together to create a system that we can engineer genetically the immune cells, T cell particularly, so that they can listen to this external mechanical wave so that we can have precise control. And when you, so at least when I step back and just look at this, it's, it's, it's exciting, but it almost feels like a bit of science fiction. I mean, this idea that these ultrasound waves, right. that they're triggering basically a change in the genetic expression of the cells. Correct. Right? So mm-hmm. this, I mean, just that's, I think for the general audience, that's something to stop and get your head around. But that's what we're talking about, right? Correct. So, you know, the trick is basically you engineer these T cells to have mechanical sensor, molecular mechanical sensor. They can sense the mechanical wave from ultrasound. Ultrasound essentially is a sound, right? It's a mechanical vibration. Right. And these molecular mechanical sensor can sense these mechanical perturbation to convert into a biochemical activity inside cell. And then these can be translated into a genetic activity. That's the trick. So we call the mechanosensor and mechanotransducer engineered into the T cell so that they become like really controllable cell. Interesting. So if you think about five or 10 years down the road, if these things work out well, what do you imagine being um, some of the, the clinical applications for what we're talking about here? Right. So immediately we would think the solid tumor would be a primary target because we have such precision in space and time. We can, we can precisely control the T cell only activate the, you know, local tissue, local tumor site so that we can have control of the specificity. Now, even some T cell go to other, you know, normal tissue organ, they will not be activated. So that will be fine. And we can increase this precision, right? And another thing is because the ultrasound can have such high precision in space and time, and even for some T cell not perfectly engineered, the antibody is not perfect, that's still okay because we will only activate them at the tumor site, right? So that's fine. And uh, also, cancer immunotherapy will be one, but these can also be utilized to control other cells, like uh, macrophage, you know, to fight like uh, bacterial infection. So okay, so let's stop so back here for a second. Okay, so there's the cancer approach, yeah. right? And there's solid solid tumors. And mm-hmm. remind, remind me, so for now, how... How would these uh, solid tumors be treat- treated now? We're talking about a surgery or a chemotherapy or radio- radiation therapy or what? Yeah, the traditional way would be like a surgery one way, you know, chemotherapy, radiotherapy, right? But the problem is, regardless of all these, there's one major problem. Some of these minor, minor, you know, nasty tumor cells left, you know, if we are not completely clean them, then they will come back to cause relapse, right? So with CAR-T approach, then you can have these T cells which have memory, but they can last much longer to continuously suppress the tumor relapse. Oh, I see. So yeah. these cells would be in there in the body, and <clears throat> and then if later these cells start to reaccumulate, yeah, they would be attacked. Yes, because they have so-called memory T cells. After they have gone through this experience, so remove the first primary tumor, 
they will stay in the body for years to continuously provide this protection mechanism for us. Interesting. Probably I'm getting too far ahead of myself here, but so would in this scenario, would in the future, would you need to then keep going back and doing more ultrasound in these areas to keep re-stimulating the cells? Very good question. So actually, this will be also a beauty of ultrasound system because ultrasound system is like a transducer, right? You can directly connect to a computer or even cellular phone. So you have a program which can control the duration, time, how long it will be activated. You know, you could even spread them into like a 10 days of activation. Every day, only 20 minutes massage, right? So eventually you can have a very, you know, grace period to remove the tumor without like having really a shock. So this is the beauty actually for the ultrasound because you have a completely programmable system connected to computer for them or even cell phone. Interesting. Okay, so that was the cancer. And then you were starting to talk about other possibilities of how this approach of basically remote control of genetically engineered cells that could be used for other applications? Correct. So as I mentioned, the macrophage, you know, to so fight. Wait, what's a macrophage? Macrophage is one kind of immunocell as well, but they are called innate immunosystem. Their primary function is to fight against like infection or bacteria, for example. So this can also be genetically engineered to do the bacteria uh, infection uh, treatment. Of course, we can also, you know, deliver the genetic modification reagent to even like brain, you know, so that we can use light to control brain activities, right? If you can, you know, deliver this genetic uh, component into brain cell, then you can use ultrasound to remotely control the brain activity. And what would be, are we talking, so we're, but we're not talking about cancer here. What are we doing in the brain with the, what do we want to change in our brain cells here? What? So this probably is, you know, depend on imagination or the user, right? You want to control the, you know, brain activity. That's a lot of, you know, uh, could be treating the disease as Hamas disease, for example, right? You oh, could okay. also control behavior of the person. Okay. Okay. So there's, that's sort of a whole. It's a platform, I would a say. Platform. Yeah. Okay. The, the bottom line, it's a platform technology. You can apply it to different kind of, you know, cell types or tissue, whichever there's a need. I see. So this platform that you developed, is it, is it something, is it technology that you patented or, or what's the story there? Right. So we already applied for the PCT, you know, patent through UCSD. And uh, I think probably we will hear back soon. I see. So it's, there's a provisional patent and then... Provisional patent already, you know, and mm -hmm. we now have a PCT, you know, official patent applied. I see. I see. And so what are the next steps with this? I mean, I know there's probably publications or research that you can't get into until it's published, but big picture, what, what are the next steps? Yeah, so right now we are further pushing this technology. One is to improve its efficiency. We want to really have a like, very short treatment and then cause a huge induction or the activation of T-cell. That's one way. And another one, uh, in our current work, we use a micro bubble to amplify the signal ultrasound. Right. And we hope we also can you know, remove the micro bubble to directly use ultrasound to activate T-cell. I see. Yeah. So the microbubbles, if I understood right, at least in the mm. cell culture, somehow each of the cells that you're using had its own microbubble or a series of microbubbles. Correct. Is that right? Yes. And each of those microbubbles was amplifying the ultrasound That's signal wave. Mm -hmm. such that enough of these waves would would hit the cell that it would trigger these ge the genetic response. Correct. Yes. Okay. Uh, of course, right now we are also doing in vivo animal studies. You know, I we have see. some very promising progress right now 
the published work mostly on the cell culture dishes. Now we can do it in the mice. Very I nice see. and cute signals. Okay, so we'll have to stay tuned for that. Yes. And so who are your uh, your research partners on this project? I guess here at UC San Diego, I believe Xu Chen is involved, Correct. right? And also we have uh, Professor Kirk Shung from University of Southern California and also Michelle Sederling from Memorial Sloan Kettering uh, Cancer Center. So these basically are four groups mm -hmm. together working on this. And um, who are the, the major uh, research funders for this for this work, or at least from your lab? Uh, mostly from NIH. And at National Institutes of Health, so you've got NIH Correct. funding for this. Yes. That's great. Yeah. And um, what, just last question here is, um, personally, what, what, what drives you to do this research? What, what, what keeps you motivated? Uh, you know, we have done a lot in my earlier career, you know, engineer molecules to visualize, to understand how the cell are thinking, you know, whenever they engage with the neighboring cell or engage with the environment, we have done a lot. And, uh, you know, one day I was watching a movie with my daughters and there's one called Wally, -E, which has a sensor, can see the neighboring area. They also have an agitator, which can do the job. So we thought, okay, we are missing that part. How do we control ourselves? Wait, wait, step back. You lost me there. So you're watching a movie with your, an animated movie with your daughter? Or what is this? What were you watching? It's a uh, Wally -E with my daughters. Wait, wait, Volley? What is that? Sorry. It's a. Uh, oh, Wally. -E. Yeah, oh, Wally. -E. -E. Yeah. Oh, the robot, Wally. -E. Yeah, okay. robot. So you're watching Wally. -E. Okay, right. All and right. they have like a sensor and agitator, right? Yes. Sensor can, you know, seeing around and the agitator can do a job based okay. on the signal, right? Okay. So we had done so much on sensor we never played with this agitator we thought we got to you know work on that part as well to not only understand how the cell thinking but also control their functioning and behavior okay and then i guess at the same time there's this other sort of important work happening on these car t cells Correct. where they were they had already or at some point other people had shown that you really could engineer these one kind of cancer or immune cell that would fight cancer Correct. so that was a tool that you knew you could pull from exactly you had this ultrasound work and yeah. then you put them together in a new way and you to create this platform correct yes so we have a lot of fun you know we can now really control and manipulate this cell behavior that's exciting yeah and okay um and last question so in your lab Presumably there's what postdocs, grad students, mm -hmm. who who's in there sort of on the front lines doing this work? So mostly uh, uh, postdoc students and this particular work is pioneered by uh, a student in the lab, Yi Japan, you know, who is a bioengineering student. He's a, a graduate student or a postdoc? Graduate student. Mm -hmm. So she's graduating soon actually, writing a thesis right now. <laughs> and um, do you have any undergrads in your lab? We do have uh, several undergraduates in the lab as well, but most of the time we try to pair them with graduate students and postdocs so that they can work as a team you know, to provide some support and also learn the techniques. Yeah, no, that's great. I've kind of heard about other labs, this sort of pyramid system where people mm -hmm. are, there's a chain of responsibility, so everyone's exactly. somehow involved. Right. Great. Okay. Well, Peter, thank you very much. And we look forward to uh, finding out what's next for this research project. Thank you, Daniel. It's a pleasure chatting together. Great. Okay. Thanks. Yeah.